Assalamu alaikum. Hello, I'm Khalil Alika. And I'm Zahir Parker. And welcome to AccidentalMuslims.com. So AccidentalMuslims.com is a, a movement, a platform where we showcase present and future leaders to help us live with purpose. And we believe that everybody has a story to tell. This podcast hopes to add value. So welcome and enjoy. Assalamu alaikum. I'm in Iman Malaka. You're listening to AccidentalMuslims.com. Assalamu alaikum, Iman. It's a privilege to have you here and thank you for coming. Pleasure is mine. And Sahir. Assalamu alaikum, uh, Sister Iman. Thank you for accepting our invitation. Uh, I'm sure the listeners will benefit and I'm sure we will benefit as well. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> so Iman, let's start by you telling us a bit about yourself and also who is Iman Malaka. Yeah, it's 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 always very difficult to 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 look internally and try and explain who you are because oftentimes we describe ourselves than saying who we really are. But in terms of who I am, um, I'm there's a part of my heritage which I'm very proud of. I am a descendant of uh, King Suleiman, and I am basically. Uh, the seed that actually comes from the union between King Suleiman and Bilqis. And uh, my ancestors got to be known as here in South Africa as the Lembers. So they traveled from um, North Africa and they eventually settled in a place called Venda. And so we are the Black Jews. I am a descendant of the black Jews of South Africa called the Lemba, and I'm a Muslim. And like my ancestors who and those who have come before me, I even take myself to pre-Adamic time, I am a slave of Allah, here to carry out the message that my ancestors have been, carried out, have been carrying out throughout uh, the years, throughout men's existence. And that's in a nutshell who I am. So you are, you are born Muslim? I would like to believe. I would like to believe. So my story is 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 very interesting. Um, I was very very young when my mother embraced Islam. From my father's side, I would say they lost uh, the belief along the way, and to an extent that we still have some who are Muslims, and we have those who are very of, uh, orthodox uh, Christian. Because when they came to South Africa, they couldn't identify. The Jews could not. Accept them, you're coming here, you're claiming that you're Jew, but you're black. How does that come? Only recently, actually, after DNA uh, was done, I think uh, this was about five years ago, that the Jews started accepting the, the, the black, the blacks as the black Jews. And our descendants and our DNA was actually proved and it was accepted. It was on BBC, it was a big thing. And so, but before then, it was like, okay, the way they identify themselves now in Venda is we are the Lembas, those who do not eat pork, for example. So, and even in terms of the traditions and the things that they do, you still find a lot of Islamic things and whatever. So my, my father was a liberal in, in a sense. He didn't want religion to confine him in any way. Uh, so from my father's side, we were not exposed to a specific religion, but on my mother's side, uh, my grandmother was a Christian and she also converted and became a Muslim. 
So I was pretty young. I think I was nine, eight. So I would like to believe that I was um, born a Muslim. We all born Muslim eventually. Wow. No, it's, uh, that's that's fascinating introduction, Imad. Uh, <laughs> Uh, subhanallah uh, something i just want to uh, latch on to many of the muslim community uh, or mu- many muslims see themselves as a national progression from you know to Jew- jewish to christianity to mm-hmm. islam mm-hmm. um you said when you were about nine when you when you reverted yeah. um, did you see that influence of the jewish history the christianity uh, period that you were exposed to with your grandmother and then ultimately islam can you give us insight into that sort of upbringing you know, I wouldn't say it's a natural progression as such. I mean, there's a lot of things that happen when you are a kid that you don't take cognizance of. You, you you just think this is a norm, this is just happening. But only later on in life, when you start adding up things, you realize, oh, this is what this meant. Oh, this is how this part of this religion links with this. Oh, this is where the contradiction between this religion and that religion uh, come up. As I said... My father did not subscribe to any belief. My father had a lot of books, so we were exposed to a lot of things. But on my mother's side, the, 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 we were bombarded with God. Like my grandmother told me about how she had a dream where I was wearing black all over. But in her mind, I was a nun because that's what she could relate to. And she said to me that, um, well... You're going to influence people, but you'll be wearing black all over, so you'll be a nun. And so we would pray in whatever way, in a Christian way, in terms of praying. Uh, the house that stays together, I remember very well, it's still there in my grandmother's house. Prays, the house that prays together stays together. So we come, uh, or I come from the family that was very God-conscious in a sense, even though maybe in, 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 the, in their belief it was more Jesus Christ, but the background was, the foundation was always godly, so to speak, that I remember my grandmother um, had a birthday party for me. Not a, it was not a birthday party. It was like a celebration of, the, of sorts. I had been promoted twice in school. So then she threw a little something to thank God for, for, for this because he, she was like, it's not because of your intelligence or anything. It's the mercy actually from God. And she told the story of the first word that I said was, trust in prayer, that I would continuously say, trust in prayer, trust in prayer. So when you grow up, uh, for me it was like, oh, my grandmother embarrassing me. <laughs> but later on in life you get to realize, oh my word, there was meaning to it. And alhamdulillah, when my mom uh, embraced Islam, uh, we were exposed to the Sufi community, uh, what the, uh, the community is known as the Morabi Tunes. So, and I'm forever eternally grateful for that because that for me, from a very young age, I got to see people as people. I learned to view people as people. We were with wealthiest of wealthiest of people and yet we ate from the same dish and we had Africanas in the midst and we were, it was at a time where apartheid was still trying to fizzle out, but it was rife, you know, and we were taught and we saw like, I'm sitting here with this red hardcore Africana girl with her hectic farmer with a hectic Africana accent and we're eating from the same plate. I mean, they would give me books and they would tell me to read and I would sit with very, very, really highly esteemed people and they would give me as a child an opportunity. What did you think of this book? I remember one of the books I was given to read, which I still read now, is when you hear hoofbeats. I think of a zebra. 
a complicated book, but I mean, here as a child, you afforded this opportunity to sit among very intelligent, very wealthy people, and you told, "What do you think of this thing?" And for me, in and and thicker, you know, we were a community then. There was thicker, and for me, it was mesmerizing to an extent that it has influenced and shaped who I am right now. I see people as people and that's it. And it disturbs me when there is that discrimination or anything because I didn't grow up in, in, in that sphere, even though we were uh, living in the era of apartheid. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, <laughs> that's, no, thank that's, you. That's fantastic. Iman, so, so what do you do professionally? <laughs> what do I do professionally? Oh, I'm, I, I have a company. Um, it's called TIT Telecoms. And I am a founder and CEO of this company. The company was formed in 2005. Accidentally, I just bumped into ComScience. I met a friend of mine whom I studied with, Fatima Kota, a very dear friend of mine. May Allah uh, be pleased with her. She's got she's not feeling well. And may Allah give her shifa. Amen. And and she told me, you can come to Pochestrum University. I mean, we saw computers at school, but it was not like, I didn't know that you could do that as a career. So because I didn't want to stay home, I said, okay, I'll do computer science and maths. And that, I went to Pochestrum one year and I did computer science and maths. And the beauty of Poch at that time, I remember, we started with a prayer. And that's how I know our father in Africa because mm. <laughs> on Safada, but in the Himalayas, you know, I, I learned it from there. And that for me was, was good because it kept on that whole thing. Because in Islamic school, we were not just taught secular, if I have to use the word secular. The teachers will come in. We had Islamic studies, but now and again, you'll be also taught about 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 life and how to live yourself and how to be a good Muslim, how to be a good human being. And there is still a teaching uh, by our principal then, Sheikh Nana, that I still apply now. And I, I learned it from school when he said, don't be uh, like a gene society, meaning don't follow norm. Don't be just anybody. Don't be like everybody. Be yourself. Be unique. So everybody wears jeans nowadays. So why do you want to wear jeans? Be that person that stands out. And that for me, I've carried out since that time up until now. Those kind of things. So so when I was at Pochestrum, I, I, I realized there is part of my life that is not exposed. Um, then I, I, I applied to universities outside of South Africa. I told my mom, I need the experience. I need to break, up, break away from, from this shell that I'm in. But it has to be an Islamic university. I remember I applied at Islamabad. And they accepted me. <laughs> but my mom was like, no ways. So then she met up with somebody uh, who was coming from Uganda. And uh, she told this guy, there were some conference. My mother worked for the Department of Education. So there were some Department of Education conference. And told the, he, she told the guy, my daughter is so desperately wanting to go study outside of the country. But it has to be Islamic University. And I see in your profile, you, you studied at Islamic University. And the guy said, yeah, 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 just give her the details. And I, the rest is history. I basically applied to the Islamic University in Uganda and I got accepted and I studied there. I studied com science and maths. As Allah would have it, it shaped me in a way that, you know, when you think you, 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 you don't have, 
and you 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 faced with situation and people who have very little than you have and they thrive in those situations and that for me was one of the key lessons in life that even islam you know islam teaches us those things that if you think you were off look at the person below you mm. you know but you don't take it to heart until you are faced with a situation where you don't actually have electricity i mean when we were faced with load shedding i was like what you guys come on <laughs> this is for a few hours in other parts of africa for days a day or two no water for some time you have to use borehole water and you had to pay somebody cuz i was lazy so i couldn't go fetch water at university that is you have to pay somebody you i had malaria you know all of those trials and whatever for me it's the things that shaped me so from from that angle i i was like okay i, I did not become a doctor and allah knows why not and it was not really my line and this computer science technology thing came my way it it just happened and so i i became best at it so and that's for me very important oftentimes you 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 faced with situations and you think oh, i don't like this so i'm just going to play it safe i'm just going to do very little on it but with everything that you given you have to give it your best whatever comes your way however minuscule it might be even if you don't like it you have to do it at your best even that salah uh sometimes you don't feel like you know what i don't feel like praying but you don't know you have to give it your best when you are in that moment you do the best i tell this to my staff you do the best that you you can in that given time so for me that's that's how i i bumped into the career of technology and com science and maths were were my thing and so when i was at varsity i remember telling them when mtn started i said i'm going to work for mtn everybody thought oh you talking nonsense why would they hire us i'm going immediately when i leave here i'm going to work for mtn and that's what it happened mtn found me i didn't look for mtn i just put my cv on a career junction and i got a call and as what as an engineer here's a person who learned com science from the islamic university in uganda and gets hired as a radio frequency engineer at MTN in South Africa and they were they were they were very surprised and mesmerized by the the the, the caliber the quality of education that we received there it's a, it's actually a sister university to uh, the university of malaysia islamic university of malaysia okay. so uh the experience there it built that work the, that that caliber to say you know what iman no matter what the circumstances whether you have a calculator you don't have a calculator whether you have a car or you don't have a car you get yourself to work because that's the first thing we think about here in south africans oh i want to work because i want to own a car oh i'm sorry i didn't come to work because i had to take two taxis three taxis but i mean <laughs> those are excuses 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 if you see other people who were soft i don't buy it for me there are people who come from kailicha who travel with taxi bus and whatever and they get to work earlier than the person who lives around the corner who has who uses a bus for example that takes you 10 minutes no excuse you know and 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 so for me my career has been such that i had made the the intention uh, i had prayed for it and always with accepting I say Allah if it is good for me. If this is where I want to go, I want to work for MTN and and it happened. And for me MTN is where this whole 
a TKT thing was formed with uh, a group of uh, friends who had the same. How did you balance your career and also starting the company? Was it in parallel? It was in parallel. I mean, we were, we, we were, I was, uh, because engineering at the time was not a popular thing, um, I went for network group and I think I was the only lady in the group, I mean, amongst old, m- mostly white men. So, I mean, it's, it's just amazing on how it happened. We were seated together. We were a group of guys who had the same vision, concerns. We even started a charity group. I mean, these are the guys who are Christians. And I was the only Muslim among them, Mr. and only uh, a female. And any suggestion that was godly that I would put out there, these guys would buy it. Because you know why it came from a, it came from a genuine heart. It came. It was a genuine plea. For example, we started uh, a, a, an organization called Tiakeni because we were like guys. We're black. We're black people here. It for me. It was painful for me to see white people. Not that I'm, I'm racist, but white people helping our community when we can do it ourselves. You know, I mean, we always have this notion that you have to have a lot of money to be able to give charity, but no. Here we are, we're earning a salary. We can afford to buy ourselves two pairs of shoes. And when we want to buy another pair of shoes, because we complain that we don't have yellow shoe, but not that we don't have shoes at all. And there are children who go to schools hungry. And we afford. We, we earn over three uh, uh, zeros behind our salaries. I mean, this is ridiculous. So I said, guys, let's start up something. And they bought it. A group of guys is still going on now. We still have... Uh, um, uh, the money there, but it was not very active, but it's still there. And they bought it. So at some point, we were like, guys, this would be sad that we, like now six years or five years, when I was, what, 2005, 11 years into post-apartheid, and we seated here, we just work a bees. And our children come, and they find the same situation that we were in. This would be Really sad if we don't do something to uplift ourselves and our children. You don't. You you as a Muslim, you need to think beyond yourself. And so and so as a human being, and so these guys they were in the same line of thinking as me, and that's it. And 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 as I say, when you channel your good thoughts out, Allah responds. We built uh, the gateway, the SMS, the messaging gateway or the messaging platform for the telecom knockout for these guys to be able to send out, for people to vote. And because we, went, we didn't have that business acumen, we knew we wanted this thing. We got that and we were excited. Hoo, 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 hoo. And it was easy actually to come up with a name. The name is actually literally just abbreviation of our names. It's just that. It's TIT, it's Temba Iman Sipri. IT and telecoms. That was it. So it was a no-brainer. We didn't have to, <laughs> to do a lot of research on it. Since 2005 until um, 2013, we never lost touch. Uh, we, I remember at MTN, I, I went to the HR lady and I was very honest. I said, I've been doing IT most of my life, but I feel stifled and I want to learn more about the business. So what? how can you assist me? And they did what they call an ARIES test, and they, 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 find, they found that my line of work and what my passion was were not really aligned. And so she, she suggested Accenture. 
And at that time, I had heard of it vaguely, but I had no clue what it was. So I said, okay. I went home and I prayed about it. I said, yeah, Allah, Accenture is the next place where I want to go. Because for me, I believe I'm not. I, I, I believe in guided steps. I don't take a move. I don't make a move unless I have prayed about it. And in my heart of hearts, I know this is the right thing to do. And so Accenture contacted me. A, uh, a guy called me and he, he said he's an agent. Uh, he asked me, let's meet uh, whatever. I sent him my CV. And then he said, well, I have two possible positions for you, SABC and Accenture. And I was like, SABC, films, stars, oh my word, oh my word. And then, and I, I couldn't believe it. Here's this Accenture, I've heard about it just recently mm. from HR, and it's coming my way. So we started the process. I ended up working for both of them, by the way, <laughs> SABC and Accenture. I worked for SABC through Accenture, <laughs> uh, which was weird, but it happened. And uh, so that's how I got into Accenture. I got exposed. For me, everything that every step I took was a mental, uh, 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 it was sort of like registering, like, okay, so here I'm learning about the business thing. So I'm learning project management. So this is what happens when you have a big budget, because we were carrying one of the biggest budget at SABC at the time for Accenture. We were having a biggest account and uh, things happened and I became the lead myself and another guy called Mario. We became the lead for that project at the SABC. So here it is, it is a leadership role. You have a lot of BAs behind you. Um, so here's this position I've been looking for and I've been given a chance to lead. So how would I lead this if this was my own business? And that's how I carried on with it. Even up until I worked for Watercom, it was, I'm a leader, I'm, 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 I'm leading people. So if this was my business, how would I carry it? I mean, I take everything as a contract. For me, Islam is a guide. You understand? So as such, if you, you make that, you sign that contract, you take that position, it's an amana. Not between yourself only and that company, but between yourself and Allah. So if you say, uh, you would be, I, I'm very, very bad with time. But if, and I'll be, alhamdulillah, I've been fortunate that most of the companies have been flexible with time for me. But if I say I'll be there at nine, or 9.30, or if I say I will do this, you do it. You commit to it. It's your amana, not with a human being, but it's your amana between yourself and Allah. And it builds up your credibility as well. So I believe, and that's what we did to get to where we are. So this was just me, but in parallel, my uh, business partners also did the same. To a point where in 2013, we decided, come on guys, how much more can we learn? How much of knowledge could we gather? This is enough now. It's time now we put what we've learned to test. Let's leave uh, the comfort zones. And we did that. We left the comfort zone and we had built relationships. Trust me, business is about people. Everything that we are doing, though we don't see it in that way, is about people. People don't buy products. They buy people. And, 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 and that's what we've learned along the way. All the relationships we forged along the way have helped us to get the kind of businesses that uh, we're getting right now. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, you're upsetting 10 years later and I didn't even know you were the person behind the telecom market SMS. Wow, yes, that's we amazing. We, we lost it, but yeah, eventually. But yeah, yeah.
Man, I just want to take a step back. You you said you did medicine. How long did you do the medicine? No, I I, I can't say even I did medicine. Okay. Good. No, no, no. no. I, I I I just registered. I got accepted. I did the whole interview. At that time, I remember you had to do practical. Uh, I did my I did my 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 volunteering thing while I was in high school. I wouldn't call that. I even mm. did anything. The reason why I asked because there are students or, or potential students or graduates out there that that are forced by their parents and by family you know, to, to be a lawyer, to be a doctor, to be the accountant, where they probably don't want to, to be the, you know, to pursue those careers. And so you have students probably in their first year doing the accountant, the, see, or, or become studying law, but really they don't really want to do it. So what, what, what advice would you give them? Yeah, I, I was uh, with, with, with UCT uh, about two years ago, and that's one of the things that always comes. They see high intake in the first year, and the second year there's dropout, and or they'll find a lot of students who are doing accounting, and then all of a sudden they move over to IAS and stuff. And it's, it's very true. As much as we can receive career guidance from schools, most of it will be influenced by or forced upon us by our communities and our parents and stuff. Um, it's it's a tough one. I think it's an individual thing to deal with. For me, I come from a different school of thought. And I'm, I'm of the opinion that you can be anything you want to be. I mean, I know people who've done uh, uh, engineering because the parents wanted to. Actually, I'm very impressed by, by, by Dr. Tabu's is a doctor now and when he was in his 20s he knew it was not part of him he went back and he studied medicine and he's a doctor now he's a doctor engineer whatever i mean if allah gives you life uh, uh, you can do that you can do both as i said whatever you're given give it your best shot if you become that accountant if it happens, if you don't like it, it's a different story. Speak kindly to your parents. Make them see your point of view. And I don't believe there's a parent that can force a child who genuinely explains. Usually as teenagers or youngsters, you tend to rebel instead of reasoning. And you you start doing things which are out of norm to show your anger. So, And you end up actually losing out yourself. So the best advice I could give is start off by talking to your parents, make them see, because remember, they act from the point of knowledge that they have. They don't have as much knowledge as you have. So for them, this is what they think is best for you. But you coming back and saying, you know what, mom and dad, I liked what we had proposed initially, but I've been exposed to X. And I think um, I can still do one, two, three, four with your blessings, inshallah. I want to carry and out and do this and this and that. I mean, so always do not rebel. Rebelling does not help anybody. Go and talk to your parents and reason it out and make them see what you see. I think that's some uh, very constructive uh, advice, very pertinent advice for, for, for many youngsters out there. Maybe some more advice, uh, Iman. A prospective student, uh, what we're trying to do here at accidentalboosting.com is to create uh, some sort of career portal where mm-hmm. people can use it as a resource uh, to draw inspiration to follow a particular career. Mm-hmm. 
in terms of prospective students uh, following a career like yourself, what sort of advice would you give them? What qualities will they need to, to thrive, perhaps? We don't all have to be technologists, okay? We don't all have, uh, have to be good at maths and science. You can be good at history. You can be good of, at any subject. The, the, it is difficult at, as a youngster to, 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 to grasp this, what I'm going to say now. But you have to have an understanding of self. Be critical to yourself. The, 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 because you know yourself better than those psychometric tests that they give you. Okay? Those are just patterns that depict behavior based on what you answer. And it, you could answer it in any way, shape, or form, depending on how you feel on that or what has influenced you as at that point. But it, it is no way. If you love baking, who knows? Go ahead and, 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 and be a baker, but be good at it, you know? Um, for me, in terms of my career, unfortunately, you cannot not do it without math and science. It is a, a, a discipline that requires you to, to think and to be logical in the way that you do things. Those things you discover quite early. You, you discover early that you're interested in, 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 in knowing how things work. How does this microphone work? How was it created? What is inside the microphone? And also to the parents, when you see the child breaking the microphone, don't get, yes, it's upsetting, but, or the car or whatever, that's a future engineer. Or you see this person uh, 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 breaking the, the computer, that's a future uh, 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 engineer or technologist. They, 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 the, the mind always probe and, and question, and that's what science is about. Science is about probing and questioning and wanting to understand how, how, how things work. It's there in the Quran, it's there everywhere, it's there in our everyday life, but do not accept norm, and don't accept it when people tell you that you can't do something. A lot of the things, the reason why most students do not venture into maths and science or even do uh, a, a, a science as a career at university is because you're told it's difficult. You're told you can't do it. You can't. You can't. Who says so? Don't, don't, I will say, don't die before dying. <laughs> don't give up before trying. Try. Go into it. Icebreaker question. How would you describe yourself in three words? Three words. As, you, as you've heard, I can be quite <laughs> descriptive. Caring. Very headstrong. Is headstrong one word? So we'll make it one word. Yeah, we'll make it one word. Okay, why not? You mentioned a mentor. Mm-hmm. So let's tell us a bit about your mentors, if you if you can, mm-hmm. and how important how important is is mentorship for for you? Very for everybody. It's it's, it's mentorship. It's very 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 important. I had uh, uh, I was in I was invited to to Kailicha to speak to the youth, the Muslim youth in Kailicha and Guguletu. So it was the Muslims from Kailicha, from all the locations. And uh, one of the, the guys I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be mentoring, um, he was also giving a talk there, and he was, t- he, he was talking about lack of mentorship in a location. He ended up uh, stealing cars or doing all those, those, those things which are unsavory because of lack of mentorship. And for me, I don't believe that. 
um, I, I, I believe we have mentors in each and every community. It doesn't matter what your background is. It's your choice. You choose who you want to be your mentor. So the one thing I never believed in, or I don't believe in, is having one person as a mentor. Because people are people. People go through things and they go through ups and downs. And if you stick with one person, you're going to be disappointed because you're going to see the things that you don't want to see. So mentorship is about picking qualities that you aspire for in people. So even if those people are not around, like, for example, the Prophet Muhammad wasallam, he's not here. We don't know him, but we know of these qualities that he possessed. So you, Mother Teresa, and all of these are greatly human beings. You take bits and pieces from those people and you make, you, you, you learn from their walk of life and whatever, and you, you create your sort of, a shrine of, 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 of mentorship. So even in those locations, I mean, I, 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 I love stories and I love uh, analyzing people, looking at people's lives. And, 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 and so when I was in a location, location is a very interesting place to, to, to analyze and, and, and see people, especially in the afternoons when people come from work and it's a bars. I would stand there and I would think, I like that lady. I like how she walks. And that's what I need to learn. I'm a tomboy, so I'm going to learn to walk like that. Mm. And so that, for me, was part of mentorship. So I would learn how she walks when she gets off her t- taxi. So this is how she gets off her taxi as a lady. So and that's how she walks. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. Okay, you know what? I like that guy. He's a teacher. He seems to be teaching. He teaches well. So I'm going to teach. Like I was inspired by my maths teacher to love maths. Um, and uh, he, he, he never knew this. Until very late, when I studied with him, by the way, at Poch. And, and, and I, I told him I, I would imitate how he taught. And for me, it created that love. So that kind of a thing, that's, that's what, it's very, very important. I think you're hitting it on the nail when you're mentioning all these stories and mentorship, how it links into it. Because again, one of the reasons we're doing this uh, podcast is so that people that's listening out there... Yeah. Can hear your story, and I say, you know what, Imani is doing it like you said. She did it in this way. Why can't we be inspired to do it as well? Mm-hmm. Maybe in their own way, you mm-hmm. know. So uh, I think mentorship. You, you touched it. Uh, you hit it on the head. Definitely, I think it's uh, many of our guests have um, has uh, echoed your sentiment. In fact, uh, Iman, another sort of question, slightly veering off uh, topic. Mm-hmm. Is it true you know five languages? I think I know more than five. More than languages. five languages. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I I wouldn't say that's the. A lot of people get uh, mesmerized by by by. There's a part of my brain that catches on languages very quick. I don't know if there was a career, maybe I would have taken it, <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, I don't master any. Uh, and that's the disadvantage of knowing quite a lot of languages. But yeah, I don't. I think five is 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 minimum yeah. yeah if you count yeah. if you count because a lot of people say to me oh no so baby don't count i'm like no <laughs> they do count because i know idioms and stuff in them <laughs> okay. as well so for me it does count it's just not about dialect yeah has it influenced your writing are you still writing because you mentioned right in the beginning <laughs> that you saw yourself as a writer what are you writing at the moment 
That's not what I'm reading at the moment. No, I, I, I haven't gotten to it, but I, I, I want to. I want to, 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 to write every time I, I start and I never get to, to, to finish a chapter. Is I, I want to, to write my life story uh, with the hope of influencing people, like what we're doing now. So hopefully, inshallah, I will get to write. I'm, I'm not writing anything. I'm, I'm just reading and I'm still a student of life. So, yeah. What so, are you reading at the moment? I'm reading three books in parallel. <laughs> You'll be shocked. Uh, I'm reading um, The Miracle of Creation uh, from a Sufi perspective. It's by Sheikh Fadlala Hari. And I was interested in this lean-in movement. I don't know if you ha- you've heard of it. By is it Cheryl Sandberg, the the, the Facebook? Sandberg. Yes, the, the the Facebook lady. I was drawn to her by her by her her, 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 her the passing of her husband. So. And then I got to try and understand who she was. I found her very interesting. And so I'm reading that. And I'm reading uh, a book by uh, Deepak Chopra. It's a soulful leader. So so because for me, that's very important. It's a very important quality of a CEO. One of the important things um, is caring and, and, and being soulful as a leader. Perhaps tell us, what's your favorite Quranic story, verse, or, or anything in terms of Islam? You say that you belong to the, to, you used to, you were reading the book on the Sufis. Yes, I, I, I would like to believe, yes, yeah. I'm still uh, from from that school. So what, what Quranic ayah inspires you or, or story? You know, the thing about Quran is like, it's, it's, it's... Don't say everything. It's, 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 it's one it's it's I won't call it. It's a book that you can't say it's a novel. You have one piece that you a, quota, a quotation that you refer to that you you live by. And when I was little, oh, because everybody was going it was that as at that time. But as you grow up, you realize that it depends on what you're going through, where you are. And it could be an ayah. For me, I believe Allah speaks and he speaks in volumes. I mean, and that's why we still have Quran. You can be a, a, a hafiz for, of years and years and years and still not know Quran because it's about the message you're supposed to receive at a point in time and it might touch you at that point in time. So I cannot say that I have a specific right now, verse right now that speaks to me, but generally... What I live by uh, is there's an ayah in uh, Surah Al Ahzab. I think it's if I'm if I'm correct is ayah 36, where the ayah says something to the effect that if the prophet, if the prophets and Allah has ordained for something or have said something should be, then a believer is not the one to go against it unless you go astray. Something to that effect. That for me says, whatever is being prescribed and been told to you to do, for example, we've been told to wear hijab. You don't have you don't have a choice about it. You can't question it. You can't go against it. It's a ruling. If you are a Muslim and if you believe in, in Allah and his apostles and his messen- all his messengers, you have to go by that. It's it's and be against yourself. It's, it takes time to get to understand that message and, and to get to understand that ayah. But 
from an Islamic point of view, for me, it is important. If you say you're told you have to pray five times a day, that's it. Whether you're tired or not, whether you don't want to do it or not, whether you you feel I'm not this year I'm not gonna fast. It's not it's not it's not up to you to make. If you say you are who you are, then you have to follow. And that's the ayah that I live by throughout my life. What is your definition of success? <sighs> my definition of success is being able to suppress your material instinct. That is, being able to, after you have gone through whatever, acquired whatever whatever goals you've set up to acquire. Because for me, as, as, as people, we tend to deem goals as success. For example, you say for my business, our financial goal would be to get to, to have a, a revenue of 100 million. Then you get to 100 million. Would you say that is success? Because guess what? It's not. When you get to 100 million, you want to go further. So that for me is not success. Success for me would be on that day when you are on your dying bed and you look at your life and you reflect and you realize that you are not just a number. You have come here and you have influenced and you have done something to improve somebody's life. That for me would be success. Sometimes you tell somebody something. Sometimes you give somebody five rand. Or sometimes you give somebody a lift, but you don't understand the impact that you're having to that person. That for me is success. And I was like, I'm receiving this person's success. Whoever this blessing, whoever this person is, that for me is success. Having influenced that person that much that they deem what they're doing as, as, as helping. For me, uh, that's the measure of success. Iman, when we say today's youth, what excites you most? <sighs> the youth of today, very, very knowledgeable. They have a lot of information, a lot at the exposure than what we had. That's what excites me. But the, the thing that excites me also scares me because uh, too much of information can also be lethal when it's not used correctly. And unfortunately, a lot of the youth that we have don't know what to do with the information that they have. If they understand that the gem that they hold in their hands and what they can do with it, I, I'm sure they can move mountains, but unfortunately they don't know what to do with it. They are just bombarded with Google, this, that, that, this. They, they know a lot. They speak rara. <laughs> but when it comes to practicalities of things, it's just said. What are you most grateful for today? Life. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that I get given the opportunity to fix uh, the mistakes, to uh, relook and change my thoughts and try to fix myself. Um, for the for the akhirah. Today is your last day. Yeah. And you only have enough energy to say a few things, yeah. a few words. Mm-hmm. What would you say to your loved ones, family and friends? I'll say la ilaha illallah. There's nothing more that I would say that I would not have said. My Once the book has been closed, it's been closed. And more than anything, I, I, I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that 
he moistens my tongue, that that be the thing that constantly reigns in my head, in my heart, that my tongue on that day um, softens and is able to say that, la ilaha illallah, that's it. Iman, we want to thank you for coming in. You know, I know it's late in the evening, midweek. Yes. And we really appreciate you coming. Yes, and I get a chance, I got a chance to meet the descendant of um, <laughs> Suleiman. Yes. Yeah. yes and uh, yeah, shukran. Shukran for coming. No, well, it's, been, it's been a pleasure. The, the more you look into yourself, it's also a lesson for me to learn about myself. So thanks for um, affording me the opportunity to share my story. And I hope that somewhere, somehow, uh, I have uh, influenced uh, somebody through my story. So, Jazakallah uh, Khairan for the opportunity to be able to impart the little knowledge uh, that I have, that I have gathered throughout the years. Shukran. Mm. Mm. Uh, on behalf of myself, we will we'll make dua for you and your family. Inshallah. Allah will bless and protect you, put barakah in your time and your efforts. Amen. And inshallah, next time uh, we have another show, your book will be complete. Amin, amin, amin. Shukran for your time. Shukran, really appreciate shukran. It. It's been good. So that's it for today's show. We hope you added value. We hope you enjoyed it. But most of all, we hope our guests inspired you to live with purpose. Don't forget to send us your suggestions via info at accidentalmuslims.com. If you know anybody out there that is inspiring, that's leading, that's living with purpose, please uh, do contact us. And remember, feedback is our oxygen. So follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I hope you enjoyed. God bless. Assalamu alaikum. Nabi Bakrin wa'anu ma rawa'an ala
I'm 